Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Mic drop, exit. Three different teams. The MVP in the finals for all three, Cleveland, Miami, and the Lakers. That has never been done before in NBA history. And I hope we don't lose sight of the fact that we are watching one of the greatest players in NBA history. Yes, he's polarizing. Yes, he's controversial. Yes, he's graded on and off the floor. But just to sit back and relax and just think for a moment. We don't reflect anymore in society. It's go, 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 go. Instead of comparing him to Michael Jordan, how about just standing on your own merits? How about the fact that other than last year when he had the groin injury, he could have been the MVP every single year of the last Decade. By the way, when he got hurt, they were in third place in the West. That was on Christmas third Day. Third place in the West. And yeah, they were we, uh, just beat, we beat uh, Golden State. On Christmas Day, big win. LeBron got hurt. Things weren't the same, but LeBron fueled, recharged, ready to go. LeBron was more driven in the bubble, more driven, brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. I want to. I, I love that our 10 year drought seems like 200 years to It's like people. a famine. It's oh, like a it famine. Is, because I just told Jay Will, I was like, wait a minute, man. I know it's been 10 years and everybody expects for the Lakers to win a championship like every other year. But, you know, the Golden State Warriors did get really, really good, right? And and there was a, a another guy in Cleveland named LeBron James at once upon a time. But then I said, well, what about Miami? They wanted, that, that's something they wanted was 2013, Miami. Yeah, so when you start looking at those years, mm-hmm. you're like, well, come on, give us a break. With the King, I want to mention one thing. We're going to get some NFL discussion in just a bit, including on whether Key thinks the Cowboys can win the division with Andy Dalton and the NFL's most pathetic franchise looking like they are legit contenders. That's in just a minute or so. LeBron loves this speech. LeBron has always motivated himself. Jay, you've always talked about how do you consistently motivate yourself in the grind of a season. There is a speech that is called the Man in the Arena speech. It was uttered by Teddy Roosevelt, our 26th president, 110 years ago. And the speech is something that LeBron absolutely, positively loves because he has put it on his shoes. He's put the word man in the arena on his shoes. He had the entire quote from the Roosevelt speech that was given in Paris in 1910 in his locker. And I just want to give you, think about LeBron and all the polarization that's gone on around this guy and everything people say about him on and off the floor. And I want you to listen to this. This is an excerpt of the speech that LeBron has consistently referenced over the years. This is 110 years ago. Quote, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how strong, how the strong man stumbles or whether the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes up short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. In other words, there's no risk without reward. I did it. I was in it. And y'all that are criticizing me have never been in the fight. You got no idea how it feels. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, but you know, there's some truth to that. There's no question about it. And when you have been in situations or in battle in sports like a LeBron James or a Jay Will at Duke for that matter, when people criticize you about your play or who you are on and off it's the a court, compliment. 
it's it's basically a compliment. It's a compliment, man. It it really is. I've always said in my own personal career, that's because you like me. You wouldn't even be sitting up watching me and paying attention. I understand you may dislike some of the things, but at the end of the day, you like me. That's why you never almost said something. That's why you mess with me. You're so <laughs> you're so on point with this. And and we live in this vacuum world where everything has to be extreme. Either you're a hater or you're a praiser, right? Because we, we, this whole medium that we live in through social media, people only hear tidbits, right? So I, I'm, I'm a grown man who can sit up here and say, I, I've said LeBron James is the best player I've ever seen play the game of basketball. I have him as the greatest player of all time. It doesn't mean that people are perfect human beings. Like we all live in this world where you talk, you break down different scenarios, right? We live in the world of being complex, Key. It's a world of being complex, right? So, look, LeBron James, I've never seen a player like him. Fourth title, it's insane. Different parts of the journey, though, like, that's what we do. People talk about different parts of the journey, and that's okay. But, like I said, all this stuff fuels him, and it should, because that continues to drive him to see the greatness that we continue to see. And as far as being the greatest player of all times and all that, I don't I've enjoyed watching Kareem because I had the opportunity to see him. I've enjoyed knowing Michael and watching Michael. Kobe, LeBron, Shaq. All I, so I can't never say, well, he's better than him because they all are great. I enjoy all of them. I enjoy all of them. And as I said in sports, and I'll continue to say in sports, there's only one guy that, I, that a sport that I've enjoyed out of the big three that I could clearly say was better than Everybody at a position. Go for it. Jerry Rice. Mm. That's it. At your position. At, at the position I happen to play, but at any position, he's the only guy that you can say clearly. There is no argument. There's an argument on who the greatest running back was. There's an argument on who the greatest court, whether it was Joe Montana or whether it's Tom Brady or what. There's all those arguments, but that's the only position in all of sports that you never hear anybody say anything. And I said this on Countdown. I, you know, I, I know I said that about LeBron, but I, as I continue to evolve oh, as a person. Yeah, for the six people that yeah. are listening. Yeah. And watch as I continue to evolve, though, I, there's something incredible about not getting lost in the vacuum, once again, of always dissecting who the greatest is and actually just enjoy the Man, art. Man, I enjoy, just enjoy, I enjoy the it. art, right? It's a blank canvas. Every time he paints that brush, you're like, wow. Just think it's about. Picasso in the making every time. Just think about having the fortune to be able to see Kareem live in person as a kid. Magic Johnson. Being friends with, 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 with Kobe as well as Michael Jordan and seeing them play live in person. Shaq playing LeBron in live in person and knowing all of them. Sit back and embrace that and enjoy that. It, it, that's the way you do it. Because nobody's going to be the same Mm -hmm. because Jordan didn't play in 10 finals. So his is not ever going to be the same as LeBron. He didn't have a chance to lose multiple finals after the six that he won. And LeBron's going to have an opportunity to win six because he's continuing to play. So just enjoy it. You mentioned Kareem. Kareem, Mr. Skyhook himself, will be with us tomorrow. The cap, baby. The captain at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. Looking forward to that. So I would just lastly say LeBron loves the speech, the man in the arena, and the last man standing in the arena after the NBA 74 season. It's just just interesting, though, because when you bring up Michael, and Michael Jordan is incredible, but, you know, Michael does have six championships, right? But you talk about the longevity. We talk about the six championships, though. But Michael did play in the league from 85 into 2003. 
Mm-hmm. Right? On and off. Granted, well, we talk about the ones that he won, not the ones that he, he never lost. got That's to. what I'm saying. Like, I get but, it. But now I feel like we, you know, with LeBron, it's so much of the focus was always on the ones that he didn't get. Right. Right? But we didn't, we didn't really do that with Michael. It's just interesting how things Well, play because out. LeBron got to him, got I to think, the finals, versus yeah. Michael. Who only, didn't get to them. But we don't hold that against yeah, but Michael, Michael for not getting Michael to them. But Michael got to the six that he got to, he won. Agreed. LeBron's been to ten and only won four of them. So it's kind of, that's why people play that game. But it's not really a game to play. Like, seriously, like, right? If you if they were sitting on the board and one fell off the board and fell to you, you going to complain? No. No, you're not. You're going to be like, I'll take LeBron. I'll take Kobe. I'll take Magic. Hey, better yet, is there Shaq in the building? Nope. I'll take – like, come on, man, stop. And keep in mind, for those of you too young to remember, maybe you saw it in the last dance to cap the last championship, Michael, 6-0 in the final, six MVPs. And remember, as Jay said, he went to go play baseball in between the championships. Oh, so if you're too young, remember – So incredible, man. He couldn't hit the curveball. Man, he could not hit the curveball. That black cat, though, <laughs> Like, from a – skill, the skills were just – it's sick. I've never seen anybody with skills like the skill set that he had in his toolbox. Never seen anything. But LeBron like got it. some stuff in his toolbox. No, I, I agree. No, I agree. With you. I'm not yeah. saying. I'm just saying. LeBron got stuff in his toolbox. Kobe has stuff in his toolbox. The Diesel has stuff as a big in his toolbox. The Cap. Cap was shoot sky hooks from the three point line. Man, they're just all so Dimes. different. They're just all so yeah. different. Like Kobe and Mike are two guys that kind of mirror each other mm-hmm. because of. 6'6", shooting guards, the size and of And Kobe kind of copied Michael's style, both on and off the court. The way he talked. The talk, the swag, the, the chewing of the won gum. the championships, the, the pulling up. Yeah. yeah. And that's okay. That's respect, that's, man. That's, that's, that you idolize that person, you roll with that. And it's such a great point you guys make. And I would just say, who's the one person that inextricably links Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant? It's LeBron James. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. LeBron James. We're asking the Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin Nation if this is the greatest championship win in Lakers history. Key is on board absolutely 100%. Yes. However, Key, the nation going against us. 91% of you guys have said no. Here's an example. At SJDM6515. Thanks for hitting us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. Basically saying, quote, there's an asterisk. I'd love to see it play out again when not in the bubble Lack of crowds, distraction, home court advantage has a major impact. Congrats to them, but far from the best Lakers chip ever. You can weigh in on the, the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, 888. So, the Lakers would have had home court advantage throughout the whole season. They were number one seed in the West. Top seed. Yeah. Right? Like, Milwaukee never made even though number one overall seed right. went to Milwaukee, they Milwaukee never made it. But it's, but they got to understand where they're playing at in this pandemic in a bubble. That I, I don't think people really understand how hard it is. Because it's just focused on just basketball, Key, and this is why I keep trying to tell people – what you what happens in your everyday life translates to the court. Like, look at Montrez Harrell as a prime example. Montrez Harrell lost his grandmother. Mm-hmm. You don't think that affected him on From the, the court when he came right. back to the bubble? Or, or when you a player, what's the first thing you do when the game is over? You look for your, your family. family. Mm-hmm. You go off the court. You get in the shower, locker room. You deal with the media. You come outside. You go to the family room. You walk and you say, well, where's my kids? Where's my wife? You know, that's not happening in the bubble. That's stressful. Yeah, I think you guys are sometimes looked at as commodities and not people. And it's one of the biggest mistakes that fans have always made. That's why I, I went back to the whole horse comment with Dak because it, it's interesting. Like, sometimes as an athlete, when everything is going well, people love you. Mm-hmm. People love you. But then when you go through an injury or you go through something drastic, people move on real quick. What do we have to, who, who else do we need to get? Who else is on our team? Who else is going to help us keep you know, to the promised land? It just... It happens like that, man. It's fleeting sometimes. You, you just got to understand 
that the athletes are human too. Right. It's not, they're not they in bleed a, too. you're not walking up to a glass window looking at them. They're human too. You can talk to us. We don't bite. I mean, it's, you This know. is proof positive. I've done that, and you both have responded when I've asked you, know, you guys. We don't, we don't need whiners, though. We don't need whiners. <laughs> Thank you, Coach Fangio. Get ready for the pass. Coach Fangio of the Denver Broncos, for now. Yes, uh, for now. For so now. Come up, it's could be coming. One more quick programming note I mentioned. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar quick. tomorrow on the show, 930 Eastern. <laughs> Magic Johnson, Urban Magic Johnson, will join first take Stephen A. and the gang at 11 a.m. Eastern. So if you are a dyed-in-the-wool Laker fan like Key, tomorrow morning with us with the NBA's all-time leading scorer, and then Magic this morning, first take 11 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. Key Observations is brought to you by Geico. It's October, and that means Geico Ween. Don't let your savings disappear. Key's big NFL thoughts. Let's start with Eagles at Steelers. Well, look, the observation is that the Pittsburgh Steelers are a 14 and 2, 13 and 3 type football team. They certainly have found a wide receiver in Claypool, four touchdowns for that young man out of Notre Dame. Uh, yesterday, Ben Roethlisberger, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that defense, and some of the things that they're creating on an offense from an offensive standpoint. There's not just Juju Juju Smith Schuster. You should keep the name Boom. of Juju Smith, but I can't tell him he already changed it. The Pittsburgh is a fourteen and two type team, thirteen and three. Even in that division, that's tough with the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. Can't count Cincinnati in there. Next up, Giants at Cowboys. You know, we saw we saw the injury yesterday to Dak Prescott, and as soon as that happened, the first thing people thought was the Cowboys are finished and within the division. I wouldn't think so at all. You talk about Andy Dalton coming in in relief, leading them to victory, connecting multiple times with different receivers. Got to remember, Andy Dalton's been in this league, played in the league for a long time, nine-year NFL career, and has led Cincinnati to playoffs as well. Maybe not wins, but to the playoffs. Sure. And, and he is a very – capable, serviceable quarterback. Some would argue still a NFL starting quarterback depending on the team that he would be playing for. So I'm not shocked. I wouldn't be shocked at all if the Cowboys still win the division. Have people forgot how bad the NFC East is? That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Colts at Browns. This is more about the Cleveland Browns and less about the Indianapolis Colts. Cleveland Browns and Kevin Stefanski have certainly figured out how to win football games. They're 4-1 right now within the division. The, the blowout loss in week one, they've rebounded from against the Baltimore Ravens. They've got the offense rolling. Baker Mayfield certainly looks like a more than capable, serviceable quarterback. He knows who to get the football to now. They're allowing the run-action, play-action game to – you kind of energize this offense. And Miles Garrett coming off the edge from a defensive standpoint puts a lot of pressure on those quarterbacks in the NFL. This team, they might win this division. So wow. good not to hear people complain about OBG, OBJ being traded anymore. Glad, <laughs> glad we got over that. Jaguars at Texans. The Texans motivated for Romeo Cornell, the oldest head coach in the National Football League, although he's on an interim basis, you never know. If they make a run and make it to the playoffs, he may get re-energized and they may decide to just keep him on full time. You could certainly tell that these players were motivated like hell to win this football game and play for Romeo Cornell. Deshaun Watson finally looked like a quarterback that they gave that money to. Brandon Cooks finally looked like a receiver that they traded for. No missing DeAndre Hopkins yesterday for Romeo Cornell and the Houston Texans. Vikings at Seahawks. What more is there to say? He's the MVP as of right now. I know we're only five weeks into the season, going into week six, 
But just hooking up with DK Metcalf consistently for big plays on a drive that engineered that winning uh, movement for the Seattle Seahawks. This team has shifted from a defensive-oriented team to a pass-happy offense, although Russell Wilson's number w- numbers were not huge yesterday. He certainly knew how to deliver the football and get things done in the air when it counted most. And that will do it for Key's observations. Key observations will have this every single Monday. So essentially, to recap, the Steelers might be the cream of the crop in the AFC the Cowboys have the Red Rifle, who earlier yesterday looked like a pop gun, but he actually looked pretty good down the stretch. Look out for the Browns. The Texans are back to an extent, and Russell Wilson never went away. Jay, amazing. Yeah, I just had a question for Wait, real uh, quick. What's the, what's the record in the Texans' division? Who, who's is Tennessee, Tennessee's ahead, Well, Tennessee's right? undefeated. Remember, yeah, they're 3-0, right. but they okay. haven't played a game since September 27th because, obviously, they've had games canceled due to COVID. So, right now, they're sitting at 3-0 with all three wins on a field goal by Guskowski on the final play. Okay. I, I just had a question for, for Key's takeaways. Last Observation. Week, uh, yes. Sorry, I got the wording wrong. Um, <laughs> last weekend, mm-hmm. when Green Bay played the Falcons, you came in studio mm-hmm. and said that Aaron Rodgers – had a slight edge on Russell Wilson for MVP. Yes, I did say that. Okay, that so, now, so now that you just watch Russell Wilson play again and sling it late, now he has a slight edge on Aaron Rodgers? I'm just trying to – Yes, I'm, that is like correct. If you, if you, I'm just trying to make sure I'm in tune with you on how this race is playing out in your mind. Popsicle, if you listen and Popsicle. slow down, I said last week Aaron Rodgers had a slight edge. And then I said – That's what I just said. Let's see what Russell Wilson does against the Vikings this week. We can go back to the tape if you don't believe me. No, no, no. Okay. And just, Aaron Rodgers I'm, has a bye this week. So, yes, damn it, he is ahead as of right now. <laughs> Leave me alone, man. Don't be trying to mess I, with I, me. You keep saying that basketball players are so sensitive. What do you mean? Y'all you, are sensitive. Hey, man. Man, y'all hear everything. Is it is it basketball players or is it wide receivers? No, receivers, ain't, they scared of us. They think we out of control. Well. Should have seen when I first took this job at ESPN. <laughs> don't say anything to him. Walking on eggshells. I'm like, man, I'm human. I ain't going to do nothing to y'all. I'm not going to bite. Be nice to him. We saw him on national TV scream at the coach. We got to head back to the Cowboys here. I love your assertion here. It's a strong, bold prediction that they can win the division with Andy Dalton. Jay brought up. But why is it strong? Yeah, was that strong? Why, why is it strong? It's the NFC why? East, Zubin. It's the NFC East, and you got a quarterback. I don't mean to jump on you like that. Yeah. But you got a quarterback, Zubin. Uh, that has played in this league. By the way, our producer, a great, great one-liner. <laughs> the, the Cowboys still have the best quarterback in the division. But think about it. With that. Andy Dalton. I mean, they do. They do. Better, As of right now. Better than, I know Wentz is struggling, but does he have the runway to, to get better? You know Wentz. Did you see Wentz yesterday? I did see him okay. yesterday. Okay. Uh, did you I, see him the week before? I, I saw him all season. It's been and tough. the week before that? It's been tough. Okay. All I'm, right. just, I'm just saying. I mean. Wentz ain't, ain't ready. So I don't know what's wrong with Wentz. Okay. But Andy Dalton came in relief yesterday, and it was against the Giants. I get it. Right. But he looked fine. He looked fine. And so imagine a week with preparation as the starter, what they can do. They also can run the ball with Ezekiel Elliott and don't have to feel pressured to throw the ball all over the lot with Dak Prescott. They can get back to maybe running the football a little more effective. And so I look at that. I'm like, okay, they can win the division. It's just like, y'all act like Andy Dalton was just chopped liver. I mean, I know he got a bad rap in Cincinnati, and they moved on from him with Joe Burrow and all those sort of things. But this is one of those situations where you might look up, and he may be Tannehill. 
where he gets a rebirth. Mm. And Tannehill wasn't as good as Dalton was in Cincinnati. Tannehill wasn't that good in Miami like that. No and, doubt about it. And I also say this. What does it say that we're, we're still saying that the Cowboys are the best team in that division? You see how bad their, their defense is? I mean, you gave up 34 points to the Giants. It's just that their secondary is always going to be the issue, Key. That's what we're going to that, – that's going to be the one thing that's going to hinder them. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, including Monday Night Football's Lou Riddick. We'll get into Dak. We'll get into the Browns. We'll get into Andy Dalton, everything, with Monday Night Football's Lou Riddick coming up at 9.30 Eastern. Wentz, by the way, threw a pick in his fifth straight game. And, of course, we should mention the Eagles have played five games, so that's a pick. A pick waiting to happen. No doubt about it. Big Ben certainly out of play them in the Battle of the Keystone State. On the way... Are Dan Orlovsky, who spent a dozen years playing quarterback in the NFL, with one very interesting observation on Lamar Jackson you may have missed yesterday. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Those are the words of Mike McCarthy, Cowboys head coach, on what happened to Dak Prescott yesterday, and we talked about a great story. Well, you don't have to look very far. Elsewhere in the NFC East, the Washington football team's Alex Smith had his recovery, and it was a great story and a return. Obviously, his injury far more severe than that of Dak Prescott, but when you think about everything that's on the line for Prescott, betting on himself this particular season, looking for a gigantic deal that he chose to pass when the Cowboys offered. It all comes right into focus. This is a gigantic story in the NFL. That's saying something. There were some big stories yesterday. Dan Orlovsky, as I mentioned, dozen years in the NFL, giving us the straight talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. We'll talk about Baker, Big Ben, and Lamar in a second. But, Dan, we have got to start with Dak. What were your thoughts as a QB when you thought and moving forward? Yeah, I think in that moment, it just took everybody on an emotional journey, you know, like um, heartbroken, obviously. And then, you, you, you know, Dak's kind of story off the field and the pain that he's felt and then the journey on the field performance and then contract negotiations, like you just felt that moment, you know, when he's being carted off the field and he raises that fist up, um, it's like the defining image of the NFL season so far. And so, you know, uh, it's it's one that's, we throw around brotherhood and family a lot in sports, those two phrases. Mm-hmm. The reason we do, it's real. You know, it's, it's a very real thing. And I think you saw that from all the, the coaches and the teammates that walked out there. And, and um, you know, when he raises that fist, man, it's an emotional time. And so it's a very difficult thing to see. But I think in, also in that moment, you go like, that's the franchise quarterback. 
Like, that question's closed, all right? And, and I've been even part of that conversation. I think it, w- watching the teammates respond, that question is now answered. He's the franchise quarterback, Jerry Jones, and, and, and there's no way you can see um, the response yesterday and not feel that way. I think the really challenging part, Z and Key, is like, you know, we often say, like, move forward, right? Next man up. This is not that. Like, this is not that. Like, Michael Gallup doesn't know offensive football without number four. Mari Cooper doesn't know offensive football. Walking out on the huddle on, on Wednesday, they don't know what life is like without Dak Prescott. He's their leader, not just the quarterback. And so, just a brutal day, a brutal moment. And it's one that I think is going to be very difficult to kind of just get past in 24 hours. Clearly, we, we uh, Dan, we hope that health-wise he makes a full recovery. Oh, surely. Um, but just looking at it and having been somebody who's broke my ankle before, broken my ankle before, it just it it's one of those deals. It's just like, man, I could watching him, I felt that pain. Yeah. Because uh, I've done the same felt thing it, before. Yeah. I felt it. I was sitting there saying to myself, man, and I know that that's burning sensation. Plus everything you mentioned, his family, the situation mm-hmm. and dealing with his family, his contract right. situation. So when that happens, the first thing comes to my mind. It's all of those things and his money. Right. Because that is why we play this game is for our money. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he did not get a long-term deal done at that time, it's like, damn. And that's the, like, the, uh, you know, the ugly part of the, the reality of the business, right? Is like that happens, and naturally we all go to, like, okay, where, what does this mean for his contract? I just cannot imagine him playing somewhere else other than Dallas next year now. No, like, I, I think – But, he, Key, he I didn't will. feel that way on Saturday. I didn't feel that way on Saturday. I thought it was more likely that he would never play again in really? Dallas. Yes. Just because I think at some point you get tired of being disrespected, right, as a player. And Jerry, I think, had kind of made it you know, very clear. Like, I didn't want to get past a certain number. But I don't see there's any chance that he plays somewhere else now because of that single moment. I don't think that Jerry Jones could look at his team and go – now we're gonna we're gonna move on. We feel like no, we're, we're a better. It, it doesn't. Right? There's no, no way. You've, you've got to give him a you've got to give him a short term deal, and let him rehab to see where he's at before you make that decision to move right. on. But or franchise tag, felt, yeah. I've right. always felt like though that because of the way he was playing, that they were probably gonna win the division, make some sort of little playoff run, and based on where he was at, he was gonna finish somewhere in that MVP conversation, and they were gonna wind up getting a deal done. The numbers would have changed. You right. know, because the market changed. Absolutely. But I thought they would have gotten a deal done. We should mention, uh, Dan, to move on, this is interesting. Yesterday, Lamar Jackson had three rushing yards. Yeah. Three rushing yards. And they threw the ball near 40 times. What do you think about their offense? Yes, it was an easy win, but what do you see from their row? Bad. You know, Key, I, were we on NFL Live this week talking about the Ravens? Like, I, I've, I've, I've got issues with the Ravens offense Last for week. a couple <laughs> weeks now. Um, they just don't look the same. You know, like, this is a team that in the first half yesterday threw the ball 27 times with Lamar. Too many. Why? Are, what are we doing? 37 times in total for three rushing attempts? Like, it seems like they're trying to figure out their passing game in games. Their passing game right now is atrocious. It is like, hey, Lamar, go make something happen. There's no rhythm to it. There's no vertical threat at all. And this offense looks nothing like it did last year. They're averaging, Z, five yards per play in drop-back football. 
That's 28th in the NFL right now. Last year, they were second hmm. behind Mahomes. And so, listen, they miss Marshall Yonda. Their offensive line's not playing well. Greg Roman's not calling good games. Lamar's got no vertical threat in the passing game right now. There's no rhythm in their, their offense. Their run game is very poor, so they're not dictating to the defenses what they want to do anymore. This is a good football team. Their defense is playing great, and we're going to, you know, winning in the NFL covers a lot of things. It does not cure a lot of things. Link things, and it is covering a very pedestrian offense right now in Baltimore, and it's going to catch up to them at some point against good teams. And, and when they get clean and smoothy, as I've always said, and like Dan is saying, no herky-jerk, just clean and smooth, kind of like they were last year, then this will be a team that you can be afraid of in the playoffs. But until then, just one-sided, that's not going to work. You've got to have something other than defense. You've, if, if you're running the ball well – Run the ball well. If you're throwing it well, throw the ball well. But guess what? They're not doing either well. But they, you know, Cincinnati. They beat Cincinnati, right? Pittsburgh's playing phenomenal, and so is Cleveland. What do you make of both of those teams? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I had picked, picked Pittsburgh to win the division before the season because I thought the Ravens would really miss Yonda. I think Pittsburgh offensively has been better than I thought. You know, five weeks into the season, I think the two biggest questions for that team were – Okay, what is Big Ben going to actually look like? And do they really have like a number one-ish type of receiver? And I think we've got those questions answered. Like Big Ben is playing big-time football, and he's seeing the field really well, and he understands what he has around him. And Claypool is coming on. This is not just a one-game thing. I know yesterday was a really big day for him, but he's been good since the start of this season. And he's kind of proven to be what maybe we thought Juju Smith-Schuster was going to be. But the thing is, now Juju is in his most comfortable role as well, like being a really, really good number two receiver. The defense hasn't been as good as I thought it would be, but I also go like, all right, that's the case with any level of football right now is the offenses are ahead of the defenses. I think this defense will continue to kind of show some signs of what they were last year. In regards to the Browns, the Browns are the Titans from last year. Big ball play action early on, take a lead, Salt you away in the run game. Their defense is still just okay. Way too many communications problems. But I will say this about the Browns. I am concerned about Baker Mayfield in the fourth quarters. Mm. The past two weeks, Baker Mayfield has been asked to kind of end games, put games away in the fourth quarter. And he's been able to do that. Fourth quarter of the past two weeks, he's 7 of 18. A touchdown and two picks. And he's got the worst QBR in football in fourth quarters. At some point, that's going to show itself. And maybe it didn't yesterday. But at some point, he's going to have to go win a game in the fourth quarter. And I get, I get a little bit of hesitation saying I'm confident he'll do that. One step at a time, Dan, right? You just, we needed to fix week one. Sure. We got that fixed. Sure. And then we needed to fix week two. We got that fixed. Now we need to fix the fourth quarter. So hopefully Kevin Stefanski and, and the offensive staff will look at the fourth quarter and realize he's thrown two picks. He was seven of, what, 18 or whatever it was. Now we need to fix that because if we're truly asking him, we need a big-time throw in a tight-squeeze game, we need to have the confidence that he's able to do it. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they'll fix it. And, and I, I, I like the fact that week one, they got run out of the building. But ever since then, they've just keep getting better and better and better, and they've kind of figured out what they are. They're a big play-action uh, pass team. They like to run the football. They like a lot of play-action pass, and they like to get him out on the perimeter and do things with the football. They figured out OBJ. They figured out Landry. Figure out the back end of that defense and the secondary. And then I think you'll be talking about Pittsburgh and Cleveland for the division and not Baltimore. 
Great stuff. We're going to see you today, NFL Live, 4 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Yes, Look sir. forward to that. Of course, Key, your partner, will join you later in the week, as yeah, always. Yeah, later in the week. I'll see you Wednesday. Huh? Wednesday and Thursday. <laughs> I have so better quarter- things to do right now. <laughs> oh, He's too on. busy for us in the beginning of the week. <laughs> it's that quarterback-wide receiver connection. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. If you're not familiar with Claypool, look him up. Young kid from Notre Dame that Dan was talking about. He's from Canada. His nickname is Maple Tron playing off the Megatron oh, for Calvin Johnson. That's a little fun. Creative. He was a great high school football player in Canada. Didn't actually play hockey. Still to come, our Cowboys reporter who's with them 24-7, 365 on what was being said in the locker room Money, Dan. after Dak's Bong. devastating injury. That's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. For some straight talk. You know what a full-court press is in basketball, right? Full defensive coverage with no holes? Well, that's kind of the coverage you get with Straight Talk Wireless. It runs on America's best networks, same as big carriers, but for a lot less. Just 45 bucks a month get you the unlimited plan with 25 gigs of high-speed data, then 2G for up to 50% less than the big carriers. No contract, full-court coverage, 50% less. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. That visual of him holding his ankle sideways just made me sick to my stomach, Key. Just made my heart stop beating. Well, wow. when it first took place, you go directly to his contract situation. I'm like, damn. Because he didn't sign a long-term extension. And I would be a fool not to think that. He's going to play again, but will he be the same? 
That's something that Key has said, and a lot of people are wondering. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests join us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. If you are happy as a Laker fan this morning, you will be thrilled to know Dave McMenamin, who's been a part of the team covering them for years for ESPN, will join us at 9.05 a.m. Eastern. I imagine if you're a Laker fan today, nothing can wipe the smile off your face, just like Keyshawn Johnson. So once again, Dave McMenamin here at 9.05. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Straight to it for Dak. Prior to yesterday, he had made... Never missed a start in the NFL. Never missed one. Obviously, now with the four to six months off after the compound fracture, that streak comes to an end. Last year, he played through mental pain. Last two games of the season, played with the injured right shoulder. In the offseason, the anguish about his brother and admitting he had depression and anxiety and everything that went with it. And the fact that prior to yesterday, he had missed two snaps all season. And both were when he had to check out of a game to get tested for a concussion. As tough as they come. But now the toughness will really begin. Ezekiel Elliott and company, without their leader, the rest of the season, Zeke pretty stark on what it means. Yeah, it sucks. I know we won, but it just, it just sucks to lose Dak, our, our leader. Um, and uh, I was talking to the guys. Just, it's going to take all of us. It's going to take all of us to uh, fill that void that uh, we're going to be missing from four. And uh, we just got to go out there and um, play for him. I know the large percentage of you are listening on the radio, but we have shown this video of Dak Prescott getting injured time and time again this morning. And every time Key sees it, Key winces, turns the other way. It's almost like looking at a car wreck. You just got to look the other way. It, it, it was not a pretty sight to see. I mean, it's, you know, obviously it's video and, and it's being run all over the country, but it's I've been in that situation before, so I know that pain. Mm-hmm. I broke my ankle, so I know how painful that is. Let's head to Todd Archer. He covers the Cowboys on the Shell Pens Oil Performance Line 24-7, 365. All right, so we just heard from Ezekiel Elliott. What were some of the other guys, Todd, saying in the locker room after that devastating injury? Yeah, C.D. Lamb said one of the first things he did when he got into the locker room was text Dak to say thank you. Thank you for helping him so far in his young career, just a rookie receiver, and help, helping him uh, reach some of the goals that he's already reached, 200-yard games in, in the first five uh 200-yard games in the first five weeks of the season. Uh, Andy Dalton, who obviously benefited from Dak's departure, saying, you hate this for anybody, uh, but especially for Dak, because he's seen how hard he has worked and how he's prepared himself to be ready to play. It was just in the stadium when it happened, and there were only 25,000 fans or so in there, uh, a a hush got over the crowd. Um, you, You saw the Giants' reaction to it. Uh, a lot of former Cowboys coaches on that staff beyond Jason Garrett, a lot of former people tied to that organization used to be around Dak all the time. So I, I thought the outpouring of support from Dak in the stadium, from his teammates, from the Giants, and throughout the league showed just the respect that he has really from everybody across the NFL. Todd, you know it's hard to talk about a devastating injury, obviously, but in this situation, not only do we talk about the injury, but we talk about the future in the future is the contract with the Dallas Cowboys. What happens in the offseason? How could they address this? Right, and this is all the options remain, right, Key? It's, it's they can still franchise tag him, which would cost $37.7 million. They can still work out a long-term deal, uh, maybe not as lucrative as it, as it once was or maybe structured in a completely different way that the money would might be on par, but how he earns it would be different, or, or they let him test the free agent market. 
is this Drew Brees in 2006 when he signs with New Orleans after suffering his shoulder injury in the final game or, or final couple weeks in, in San Diego? Uh, is this Teddy Bridgewater when he, when he hurt his knee up in Minnesota and had to go through his long path? The way this injury has been explained to me, though, is this is almost exactly like Alan Hearns' injury. Uh, the former Cowboys receiver was hurt in the playoff game against Seattle a couple of years ago. He was back in Cowboys practice in the offseason program, did everything in training camp, and was playing again. The, the belief from the people that I talked to inside the organization last night is that Dak will be back and, and playing. And the question is, how do you work through this contract deal? An already complicated situation on a, on a variety of levels through the CBA, uh, COVID-19, uh, and all these things now becomes even more complicated based on his health and where he'll be by the time we get to next March and what you won't know about where he is uh, in his ability to come back. Todd, do you, do you simply franchise him and see what happens in, let's say, April as you go into OTAs and uh, mini camps to see where he's at before you start to get into a long-term contract situation? Well, you can you, you'll tag it. You could tag him in March. That guarantees him the thirty-seven point seven million, and you'll have until next July fifteenth to sign him to a long-term deal. So it's a good point, Keith, that you can use that time. But by the time you tag him in March, until to work on a long-term deal and to see where he is physically. So, you know, it's that's a lot of money to, to tie up, especially with a salary cap coming down. And you hate even discussing the finances of this thing uh, so close to the injury where. That should be the last thing that, that we, we should be concentrating on. We should concentrate on his health. But this is the nature of the sport, and we've been talking about Dak's contract for two years now. And, and he, he took a risk last year playing on $2 million and even this year playing on $31 million to where an injury in this sport eventually kind of gets everybody, and it's got him now. And I, I, I think the Cal- you know Jerry better than a lot of people here, Keyshawn. Jerry will do what, what he what's right by Dak, in my view. Is that signing him to the contract they offered him last July, last June? I, I don't know about that, but I, I don't think there's any way that they're going to let Dak leave the Cowboys uh, in 2021. That seems to be the concurrent opinion of many other financials. To keep in mind, Andy Dalton his replacement signed a $3 million deal, $7 mil with incentives, and he clearly, to many, is the best backup quarterback in the NFL. So if there is any silver lining to this at all, is that the guy that was one snap away is probably better than the other 31 guys uh, at the position in the league. Todd, thank you very much. You got it, guys. Thank you. I think he'll figure out, Jerry and Stephen Jones will figure out how to get a deal done beyond this year. I don't know if it'll be a long-term deal or what the situation is, but he'll be in a Cowboy uniform next season. I mean, you got to make the, the best of it for anybody. It's just, uh, you know, we're always going to wonder. I, I, I know he probably will, too. Like, what if this didn't happen? What if? Those two words. Still to come, two of America's greatest franchises on opposite ends of the sports spectrum. Yesterday. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.